Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is Monday, 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 and uh, we're ready to uh, jump into it with both feet. Some very interesting news from across the country here. Um, and around the uh, state of Alaska over the weekend, and that's going to be the focus of today's show. We're going to go into a lot of the different things, and we're going to talk, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's at a higher level or kind of maybe at a philosophical level about some of the things that are happening here in the uh, in the state, but uh, that's uh, I guess that's kind of going to be the goal here today as we go through this. Welcome to the show, and thank you for coming in and joining us. Um, uh, I hope you had a uh, I hope you had a groovy weekend. I hope you had a great a groovy. Who am I? Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend and uh, and and are all well rested and relaxed and ready to go for. Um, for today's broadcast. Um, okay, so where do we start? I mean, so many different pieces and parts uh, uh, are, are happening. Uh, some interesting stuff going on across the um, uh, across the country with the uh, failure of uh, uh, the the big news is the failure of two uh, banks in. Uh, uh, on the East Coast, including the Silicon Valley uh, Bank and a bank in New York, uh, people were st- there. Was a, I saw some spicy memes on the interwebs. I'm hardly ever on the internet, but I saw some spicy memes on the internet uh, this weekend uh, that came out of that, and um, it's um, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, the headline in the uh, Uh, From the Associated Press reads, Biden says Americans can have confidence in banking system despite two collapses, Um, the uh, two different collapses of the Silicon Valley Bank uh, and uh, on Friday. um, And the other one is Signature Bank that took place in uh, I believe I believe it was in uh, in New York. and the uh, the markets are reacting to that uh, as trading began this morning, and uh, U.S. futures are down on this plan as well. Uh, under the plan, by the way, even though both banks were FDIC insured, um, the uh, depositors uh, will be able to access their money today. It's a plan that's been put forward by the uh, Treasury Department, the Federal Reserve, and the FDIC, and they're going to basically bail these banks out. <clears throat> and uh, that is a 
Well, that's kind of a short term. Uh, that's kind of a short term fix for what is a longer term problem going on in the uh, in the banking industry. Um, the U.S. regulators closed down the Silicon Valley Bank in uh, Silicon Valley on Friday after it experienced a traditional bank run where depositors, <laughs> you know, like in Mary Poppins, where they all ran to the bank to get their funds out. Um, or uh, or the building and loan in uh, in It's a Wonderful Life, right? That is what happened. It's the second largest bank failure in U.S. history, uh, only behind the 2008 failure of Washington Mutual. Um, and so it's uh, it's it's interesting because I think it shows some of the you know some of the problems uh, in our topsy turvy world with the way money is handled uh, at the financial level uh, by the government and by the banking industry itself. And um, it's um, you know, it's just it's really. Um, it's really, uh, a, a kind of a crazy, crazy thing. Uh, you can get down into it and, uh, read some of the stories that are out there, including one in the Washington post, uh, and the AP story. But the bottom line is, is that it really, um, it, it really makes people jittery when, when, when they see kind of stuff like this, because you have to remember that the entire economic system that we're dealing with. Uh, you know, in this country and in the world is based on the confidence of those people who participate in it. Um, I mean, the, the the ideal that we believe that our money is safe in, um, you know, in the banking system and that everything's going to be fine. And if if people start pulling their money out and they start showing a lack of faith in the system um, because, I think there is concern as to why we should be faithful and and believe that this system is infallible and can't be, you know, and can't have problems, that that leads to there's a trickle-down effect into the economy overall. Um, And this may be that canary in the coal mine that we've talked about on this program in the past as you watch what's going on, uh, whether it was the you know whether it was the savings and loan crisis in the '80s or the bank and the and the big tarp bailouts of the aughts, uh, and now here we are today, where we still seem to have not learned any lessons from um, you know the uh, uh, derivative banking and and everything else that's gone on over the last few years. So <clears throat> it'll be. It'll be interesting to see what um, um, it'll be interesting to see what's going on. Some have said that the um, uh, that if Washington had not bailed out or uh, rescued the failed bank, especially the Silicon Valley Bank, customers would have made runs on other financial uh, institutions in the uh, coming days. Uh, the stock prices have plunged over the last few days at other banks that catered to technology companies such as First Republic and PacWest Bank. Um, and, of course, among the bank's customers are a range of companies from California's wine industry uh, to technology startups devoted to combating climate change. Uh, so it's a um, – it's an interesting uh, – it, it it's it's an interesting situation 
But again, I wonder if this is just not the canary in the coal mine where the, as we talked about before, arithmetic, you can't fight arithmetic. And this might be just another one of those cases where the arithmetic is up. And uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you sometimes the, the piper is going to, uh, the piper is going to have to be paid one way or the other. So uh, anyway, that's the... That's 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 an interesting thing. Yeah, SVB, uh, they're, they're going to make them whole whether they uh, – somebody in the chat room just said SVB had deposits above the insurance amount. According to the news article, the government is going to bail them out above and beyond what FDIC would have paid, which is $250,000 per account insured. Um, so – I mean, I don't know how how many times that can happen that the government can just prop up something like that. Um, there's got to be a fundamental shift in the way a lot of these places do business. That's just the bottom line. You can't continue to expect that that's going to happen every time. Uh, number one, because it encourages bad behavior. Number two, it's just not feasible. It's just not. Uh, it's just not fiscally responsible. So <clears throat> we will. Uh, We'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. We'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. But we're keeping an eye on it. Uh, not that we can do anything about it, but it, uh, like I said, a bellwether moment. Uh, a bellwether moment. What else is uh, going on? Um, well, another another building roof collapsed in Anchorage. I don't know if you've been following this. Uh, I mean, I work in Anchorage, so this is kind of some hot button news, but I know that some people around the state have been talking about this. Another building, that's the fifth building since um, uh, since the spring started that has had its roof collapse. Um, this one's different than the others, though. This building was constructed in 1983, and it has a flat roof, which is a common denominator with the, with all the previous roof collapses this winter, but the building featured a, a different type of trusses. Um, these were trusses where they were the, uh, what do they called it? Wood parallel cord trusses. They were not the top cord trusses where the, the, uh, uh, it's actually being the, the, the new ones are being supported off the bottom cord of the load bearing wall. So it's a significant difference and they're trying to figure out exactly what happened. They're trying to figure out exactly what has happened across the uh, uh, across the the whole city right now, with this being the fifth one that has collapsed with not a uh, not a, a huge amount of snow load on many of these buildings. There is some ice buildup and some other things, but it definitely uh, is making people ask the question: What's going on? What's what's happening with this? Uh, and I would think that if I had a building in the Anchorage area that was built in the mid seventies to mid eighties with a flat roof, I think I'd be up there with a chisel taking anything off the top of the roof. If that's what it took, because this is, uh, this is some crazy, crazy stuff. Again, the fifth one in, well, I, I, what's it been three months? Um, uh, it hasn't even been that long. Uh, let's see the fifth overall beginning February 15th. So in less than in less than about six weeks, they've had five roofs fail, uh, in the Anchorage area. Yeah. Like I said, I think I'd be up there with a shovel and a work crew getting that stuff off the roof. Right. Right. Freaking now, right now to say to just that that's it right there. 
Uh, what are some of the other stories we're going to cover today? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, supposed, uh, it's no official word yet, but according to sources, that says Biden is going to okay the Willow Project. We'll talk about that, but there's not. it's not without its problems. There's some trade-offs there. We'll talk a little bit about the Anchorage School District restraining or secluding thousands of students since 2014. Uh, and whether that makes a difference uh, to your thoughts on how public schools are handling things or not. Uh, we might give you just a little bit of an update on the Oscars, simply because, not that I care about the Oscars, but I'm very happy for some of the winners in there. Uh, I want to talk about that. The attacks on Laddie Shaw down in, the, uh, uh, down in Juneau. Uh, the attacks on Laddie Shaw for daring to make the process um, thought, thoughtful and uh, compelling, to make it deep and, uh, and meaningful on some of the bills that we've talked about, uh, specifically this new defined benefits bill that they're talking about. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Mary Peltola is now voting to allow federal workers to censor Facebook and Twitter, essentially, in some of her votes. And what else do we got here? What are some of the other ones? Uh, oh, the new bills. Um, the new bills, including a new one that would offer LGBTQ protections for discrimination in housing. Uh, and I know as many people who have gotten upset with Randy sometimes who calls in to talk about this stuff, he was one of the ones that was reporting on what happened in the Fairbanks area. And he was right. They were bringing it to the legislature and it's coming in there now. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see what that. I mean, there's already federal law that prevents all this different discrimination, but they want to expand it to every aspect of uh, of your uh, of life here in the in the state and across the country. So we'll discuss that as well. And finally, the phone lines will be open for your discussion right now. We'll open up the phone lines and give you a chance to call in and talk with us about any of the topics that we've got this morning. Number to call is 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. And uh, you can sound off uh, on any of the topics that we're bringing up this morning. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Just give us a ring and uh, we'll be here for you. This hour of the program, by the way, being brought to you by your friends over there at Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. From Talkeetna to, uh, to, uh, to, to Vunga. From, you know, Aniak to Anaktuvik. From Chicken to Chatnika. We've got it all right there. Satellite West has got you covered uh, at every aspect and every angle for text messaging, phone calls, emails, internet surfing, whatever you need to do. They've got the technology to get it done. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. So thank them for sponsoring this program today. And that brings us right up to the break. We're going to be back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We return with more right after this.
If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, let me get caught up here in the chat room. Uh, see what you guys have to say this morning. Oh. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And I hate the time chain. Yeah, I don't know why. The daylight savings time, I mean, you never feel it, right? Because now with your new phones and everything else, it automatically updates in the middle of the night. But I swear I could feel it. That one hour. Oof. Oof. It really kills me. And then, of course, the problem was is that according to the clock, it was time to go to bed last night. And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I'm not tired. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Messed me up, man. Messed me up. Um, let's see here. Um, that is the function of FDIC, though, right? Yeah, I mean, it is the function of FDIC. But again, only up to the amounts of $250,000. That's part of the problem. And who is authorizing the bailouts above the FDIC limits, asked Chris? Well, it's the Biden administration and the Treasury Department, according to the according to the news stories. So that's that's what they got going on there. Um, they just keep building flat roof business buildings in the valley. Um, um Oh, I'm getting corrected on silicon, silicone, silicon, silicone, whatever. Um, it is what it is. You knew what I meant. Uh, <laughs> so if these banks fail, they can't fund critical climate change projects. Oh, we are doomed. Why do you hate the children? If we don't bail them out, the oceans will rise. I know. I thought it was kind of ironic that uh, I thought it was kind of ironic that that was the bank that failed, was the bank that's invested in climate change things. And, you know, (sighs) yeah. Um. Terry says it's unbelievable the way they are attacking Shaw. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what, what is the deal? It's just, you know, we don't get our way. So we go on this full on, uh, full on, you know, scorched earth policy against the politicians that we don't like. Uh, we're going to get into that here in just a minute. It's Monday. What, what are you saying? It's Monday for MD. What did I do? Did I do something wrong? I'm sure I did, but what was it? I'm curious now. Um, refuse to participate. Greg got a, uh, (laughs) Greg had a great weekend. New CCW students trains went to the range for the weekend. That's not a bad thing. Um, is Hunter Biden on board of the Willow project? 
Too big to fail, too big to jail. Um, when was the last time State Farm wrote a check above and insured him out? Well, but remember, too big to fail, too big to jail. That's what's going on. Struggling with Alaska names. Oh, I was struggling with Alaska names. That was, <laughs> yeah, it's Monday. <laughs> I mean, it could have been, you know. Like I said, one of these days I'm going to do the whole thing where I go through the whole state and just do that. That'll be fun. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go with that. Um, all right. We're 30 seconds out getting ready to rejoin the radio. Uh, please like and share this video, no matter where you're watching it. If you're watching it on YouTube, you can like and share. If you're watching it on Facebook, you can like and share. If you're on YouTube, you can subscribe and ring the bell if you haven't done that yet. And even if you're on Facebook, you can go over to YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell. Still trying to hit that thousand subscriber mark. All right, here we go, my friends. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do this thing. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, not your daddy. Wait, sorry, not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Huh. Whew, I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Okay. Uh, so we're continuing right now. Uh, phone lines, are they open? They are, they're open. Look at that. I got them all fixed. Phone lines are open if you want to sound off. We'd love to hear what you have to say, and uh, feel free to to share with us. And uh, let's uh, let's do our thing here at 907-433-3150, uh, So what we're hearing right now, did we just get a new alert? Did it just came out? Yep. The Biden administration approves limited development of Alaska's Willow Project. They have now put out they've now put out the press release. Uh, the Biden administration approved a massive oil development project on the slope. ConocoPhillips eight billion dollar Willow prospect in the NPRA is expected to be one of the largest oil fields developed in Alaska in decades and would produce oil for the next 30 years, including about 180,000 barrels of oil a day at its peak. They approved three drill sites, which Conoco has said is economically viable. The White House's decision, according to the AP, bucked intense pressure from environmental groups, which called the project a carbon bomb. A carbon bomb. And said it contradicts uh, Biden's goal of cutting greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. Um, many Alaska Native leaders, politicians, and business groups have lobbied intensely for approval of the massive oil field, saying it would provide badly needed revenues to support North Slope villages and help Alaska's struggling economy, though the mayor of the Inupiaq uh, village closest to the project has opposed it. The decision comes a day after the Biden administration announced it would limit oil drilling on 16 million acres of NPRA and the Arctic Ocean in an apparent nod to environmental groups that have fought the project. So it's a give and take. They will approve Willow, but it could possibly be the last 
Um, it could possibly be the last oil project on the North Slope on federal lands forever kind of thing. Um, this was, and I think you will probably agree with me on this in the long run, this was um, a push to uh, appease Lisa Murkowski. I, I think in part, I think part of the reason why the Biden administration, because I mean, there were, there were, uh, I mean, there were a lot of people who uh, were pushing back against the Biden administration and were even aghast that he was thinking about this. But I think as you continue to look at this and you continue to watch what's going on, you realize that the one thing that is uh, the main, I think, push behind this is that. Biden recognized that he had a potential ally in Lisa Murkowski and that if he killed this project, anything else that he hoped to get done in the remainder of his term was going to be, well, it was not, it was just not going to happen. It was not going to happen. So, um, there you go. There you go right there. Um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a tough Tough thing, but that's that's where they've got it going on. Um, the climate activists have just been outraged about the fact that he's been dragging his feet on this. Uh, and they say that this whole project puts his climate legacy. I didn't realize that we needed to have a climate legacy. But that it puts his whole uh, climate legacy at risk by approving this project. Um uh, let's see. Uh, allowing oil company ConocoPhillips to move forward with a drilling plan would also break Biden's campaign promise to stop new oil drilling on public lands, they say. Now, the administration's decision is not likely to be the last word, says the AP, uh, with litigation expected regardless of the outcome. Uh, the project, by the way, located in NPRA, the National Petroleum Reserve Alaska, enjoys widespread political support in the state, uh, but environmental activists have promoted a Stop Willow campaign, hashtag Stop Willow campaign on social media, seeking to remind Biden of his pledges to reduce planet warming greenhouse gas emissions and promote clean energy. Again, I think this is in the long run. Um, this this was going a long way to smoothing the waters between Biden and Lisa Murkowski, who he feels like he may need in future, uh, in some kind of future endeavor with what's going on out there. But, hey, it's, you know, whatever. It's a win right now. We'll take it as a win and uh, and see where it uh, see where it goes. Withdrawing all that land, those 16 million acres uh, from the uh, uh, from the uh, petroleum reserve, for, for, uh, withdrawing it and not allowing it to be developed in the future, I think kind of con- runs contrary to the whole NPRA kind of idea. This is the Nash- P- NPRA, National Petroleum Reserve Alaska, and now they're like, well, no, we can't, we can't do that. 2.8 million acres of the Buford Sea. That was the announcement before. And, of course, now they're saying that uh, – we're. I just had it right up in front of me. Where is the um, – I accidentally closed the window. 
Because didn't they just say 16 million? Didn't they just say they withdrawed? They're withdrawing 16 million acres. Um, dog on it. I just I just had the new window here. Uh, as Biden weighs in, uh, and restrict. Uh, no, 13 million. I I apologize. 13 million acres of the MPRA in total. Three million acres on the Beaufort Sea. Uh, on the Beaufort Sea, um, closing it off to oil exploration. So they're going to bar drilling on 3 million acres and limit drilling in more than 13 million acres of NPRA. So there you go. There you go. Two steps forward and one step back. But I will take the, I will take this as a win in the short term, but again, we're going to see a lot of, uh, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of uh, lawsuits and everything else as many of the greeny weenies get up to tell you that it's, uh, you know, this is killing, 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 I tell you, the planet. And we'll see, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens and goes on from there. Uh, what was the next big story? Oh, um, I guess I've got to give you some background for the story first before I... Um, before I jump right into the the uh, right into the Laddie Shaw component of this story, I guess I should uh, give you some backstory on what's happening to begin with. So let's first and foremost take a look at what's happening in the House right now. The uh, House of Representatives, and more specifically the House uh, House State Affairs Committee, created a subcommittee last week to start studying a public sector pension plan bill that is in the Senate right now. Um, the um, uh, the uh, House has been hearing a bill that would reestablish, they have their own bill, that one that was put forward by Andy Josephson, that would reestablish pensions only for public safety workers, including police, firefighters, and correctional offers. Now, even Josephson himself has said that he would be happy, happy to see this expand to every employee out there. But this was kind of his idea of getting the camel's uh, the camel nose camel's nose under the tent. So um, anyway, those hearings will now be on pause for. The For Josephson's bill, the Senate majority introduced legislation earlier this month that would create a broader pension plan that would provide that same plan to all state workers and teachers and, from what I understand, also all municipal workers in the state. So not just state employees, but essentially all non-federal government employees in the state would be covered by something like 40,000 participants. Uh, Laddie Shaw, who chairs the House State Affairs Committee, said Wednesday that a separate subcommittee was needed in part to study both measures because his committee already has 20-plus bills referred to it. He said that his Republican-led caucus concerns uh, about uh, costs grew louder once the Senate's broader pension bill was announced. Uh, He reported in the ADN, we had to throw up our hands and the caucus goes, oh, no, 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 everybody wants everything. And we're trying to tamp down the budget. The three new, this new committee, uh, subcommittee, is going to be chaired by Craig Johnson, who's a Republican from Anchorage. Um, And then it's going to have two other members. One is going to be uh, Ben Carpenter. The, the budget guy. Oh, this should be fun. Ben Carpenter's going to be in there. 
and then Andy Story as well. Now, Andy Story is very much a pro-return-to-defined-benefits person. So I think this is a pretty balanced... If you look at it as a committee, you got Ben Carpenter on the one side, who's the budget hawk, who's not convinced that this is something we need. you got Andy uh, Andy Story on the other side, who is very much a pro-defined benefits uh, person. So it's I think it's a it's a pretty even balance. Uh, Andy Josephson, of course, is is just galled. He said, I thought it was galling what they did. He said the decision to form a subcommittee to study his legislation in the Senate's bill was flabbergasting, galling and flabbergasting. Uh, he said uh, the move shows that House Republicans have an animus against implementing a new pension system when the State Affairs Committee could debate the legislation itself. I don't know as they necessarily have an animus against implementing a new pension system. I just believe that they are trying to be fiscally responsible about it. I mean, the largest cost, the largest unfunded liability we have in the state right now is the unfunded liability from the last pension system problem that we had. So I would be, I think it would behoove us to take some time and go over this in detail, don't you? I mean, again, $7 billion in unfunded liability, I think now would be the time to do it. Uh, Shaw and Craig Johnson have both denied that the new subcommittee was created to kill or bury the pension debates. Apparently that's, that's the thing. Uh, he said, uh, Shaw said it was envisioned to take a deep look at these extremely complex bills. Uh, Andy Story, who strongly supports a return to defined benefits plans, uh, according to the ADN, said that she currently has no reason to believe that the subcommittee is not a good faith effort to improve the state's public sector retirement system. Well, good. So at least she thinks it's because she's part of the process. Um, this article goes in to talk with, I mean, here's Kathy Giesel, who, yeah. Um, she's the lead sponsor uh, in the uh, in the Senate, on the measure in the Senate that would give the pension plan to pretty much everybody. And says that it was designed with safeguards to prevent the same problems that we had in the previous uh, defined benefits program. Um, and again, you could just see the whole thing here. Every time the here it is, Republican House Speaker Kathy Tilton Dash, who also denied that the subcommittee was to bury the legislative effort, Dash said it was. I mean, this is the narrative. The new narrative coming out of the of the other side is that this is just we're burying it, we're burying it, we're burying it, and so they put the question to everybody. Reporting at the ADN is killing me. Absolutely killing me. Um, anyway, she denied that the subcommittee was designed to bury the legislative effort. She said to look, it should look at alternatives to returning to a defined benefits pension and that all options are on the table. She said the Senate House and the House Majority through Josephson's bill have both introduced measures to reform the state's public sector retirement plan, but the Republican-led House Majority has not. Um, so... Although there was a shot across the bow in here from Ben Carpenter, who said he voted against Josephson's similar bill in 2021. He echoed Tilton in a committee hearing that there could be options to sweeten the state's 401k style system, steering away from a return to uh, to pensions. He said Josephson's bill had been rushed through a previous committee without proper scrutiny, which caused Josephson to bristle at the suggestion that his bill, his bill had not been vetted enough. 
except it didn't have a fiscal note. It didn't have all these other things. He rolled, essentially rolled the committee chair on that. So yeah, it was kind of rushed through there, Andy. I'm just saying, just kind of rushed through there. But anyway, this has put, uh, this has put Laddie Shaw right in the crosshairs. And when we get back, we'll tell you what that led to, which I just find to be the most ironic thing I've heard in quite a while. So we're going to be back with more in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Oh, man. House Ways and Means says Donna Ardwin will be discussing pensions next Monday on the 20th, focusing on cost. Okay. Okay. Um, let me go back. Um, he speaks awfully confident for a Monday morning. Um, I heard, I heard that since they had that lease for so long, the Biden administration would have lost in court if Conoco fought them. That's very possible. Yeah, that's very possible. Uh, the climate people could just head back to their parents' basements to PlayStations where they will be safe until they are told to get a job. Okay. It's a little harsh, but you know. Uh, there you go. Jerrica said she got kicked out of Facebook so the app could update. She said, I guess that's a first. I guess it doesn't wait till you're not using the app anymore. Weird. I've never, I've never seen that. Um, Heard in the horse's mouth. You're stuck around Saturday morning. Surprise speaker showed up. Uh, HB 22 said Kevin McCabe. What is HB 22? Kevin, remind me again. Um, oh, HB 22 is the defined benefits program that Josephson put forward. Thank you, Kevin. Sorry about that. Uh, Kevin said HB 22 is bad for the state budget, but it's really bad for the munis and the boroughs who have to contribute to the program in perpetuity. Again, that's it's not just the state budget that's affected by these things. It is the municipality's budget. Um, and again, that's just on HB 22, which is just the first responders component of this. The one over in the Senate, again, has got 40,000 employees on it. 40,000. I mean, like, wow, man. Like, wow. Um. Uh, and Angie says that uh, Rep McCabe and Rep McKay tried to give it more time in community and regional affairs, but no. Yeah, I mean, that's what we were talking about. 
they were ta- they were talking about that. That's that's the one that just it just got forced and rolled right out of committee with no fiscal notes, no cost analysis, nothing. I mean, which that's mind boggling. You're talking about a bill like this, mind boggling that it had no that it you know it got rolled out without any of that other information. How much more can we take? Says Rick. Well. As much as um, as much as we can, I guess that's. I mean, what what are, what are what is the alternative at that point, man? We we gotta we gotta just face up and keep going. Um, David is saying something about Rep McCabe for HB ninety one requiring annual union dues recertification. All right, I'm in the dark on that. What does that do? One of you needs to explain that to me. What What is the required annual union dues recertification? Uh, now you're going to make me read it? I can't follow the link in this chat room. I'm sorry, I can't. There's no hyperlinks for me in the chat room. So um, <clears throat> feel free to call in and discuss. The phone number is right here, right there. You could just call in and discuss if you want to talk about it. Um. Hawk says, imagine calling someone a coward for wanting to know how much something will ultimately cost. I know, right? I mean, it doesn't seem cowardly to me. That just seems judicious. I mean, it just seems that just seems is that just seems like a commonsensical kind of idea that you would want to know how much something costs uh, if you're dealing with, well, anything, but government especially. Uh, oh, the annual union dues certification is not automatic. And Donna says that's the Janus decision allowing employees to have to opt in to union membership. Okay. So HB 91, it aligns our statutes with the Janus SCOTUS decision. Okay. Sorry, guys. I didn't, I didn't uh, connect the dots on that one. So thank you. Thank you for that. Daylight savings time. Kicking my ass. All right. Uh, I mean, seriously, man. You you wouldn't think that an hour would make such a difference, but it does. All right. 30 seconds out. We have one phone call. There's a phone call. My gosh. It's amazing. We'll take a call on the other side, and then we'll get ready to talk about some other stuff. How about that? How about that? Cash me outside. How about that? Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but that's just that's just how we roll around here. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's get going. Here we go. Bill, that's just not nice. I said we got a phone call. 
And then Bill in the chat room, who's always the voice of positivity, says, Will the phones work? Time will tell. Thanks, Bill. You've now officially jinxed it. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, we do have one line on hold, and so let's uh, go over there and talk to them first before I get into more on this story on Laddie Shaw. And we'll see what uh, you have to say. Let's uh, go over to the phones right now. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. It's David from Anchorage, where the phones work. Hey, good morning, David. How are you this morning, my friend? What's uh, what's on your mind? I'm doing great for an old man. Uh, you know, that that gentleman from Big Lake, Kevin McCabe, yes. introduced HB91, which is a which is a great bill. And as uh, Donna Arduin said in the chat room, it uh, requires an opt-in. What happens is if a union member, uh, government union member, rather, per, uh, signs in to belong to the union, they have to recertify that every year now. It's not automatic, so they must opt in and choose to belong to the union. The other interesting thing it does, it, it prohibits from collective bargaining the expiration of the payroll de- deduction for union dues. And that's another thing about uh, opting in for the union membership and paying the dues. Right. This is HB9 because uh, David called in for me because he he said a special thanks to Representative McKay for HB91 requiring annual union dues recertification. And <clears throat> I didn't understand what that meant until this essentially aligns us uh, it aligns state statutes with the Janus decision from the Supreme Court, which basically said nobody can be compelled to be part of a union against their will, right? Uh, yes, but, it, but the Janus decision, which was rendered in June of 2018 by the Supremes, only applies to government unions. It does not apply to labor unions. Right. Okay, so this is good. It puts us in alignment with that, and again, it protects the 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 person's right from having to have those dues stripped right out of their you know in the collective bargaining process and everything else. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I I think that that's a good piece. Yeah, it actually it actually gives the uh, it gives the employees, the government employees, the freedom of choice. It's they're not mandated to belong to the government union to keep their job. Now, they can choose to belong to the union or they can choose not to belong to the union. Yeah. Well, and that's good. Uh, That's good. And I I like to see it when we, you know, when we have these court decisions that have these, you know, these huge impacts across the across the country, uh, like the Janus decision. It's nice to see somebody finally putting in legislation that would align us with what the Supreme Court has said. Uh, to me, which would seem to be just common sense, if the Supreme Court said it, that we shouldn't be doing things that continue because it opens it us opens us up to potential liability if we continue to do business as if the uh, court decision never came down. Uh, and I think Christine in the chat room says, "So what bill will eliminate the Blaine Amendment from the Constitution?" That's the next. That's the next uh, uh, big uh, one that we need to come into alignment with. But yeah, I mean, this is a good start. I agree with you, David. Yeah, and um, you know, it's it's not just common sense with aligning ourselves with the Supreme Court. It's actually legally binding to align ourselves with the Supreme Court. And the lady that just mentioned the Blaine Amendment, we have a very limited Blaine Amendment last Constitution, 
It only prohibits direct funding of private or religious schools. It does not prohibit indirect funding. And a matter of fact, go a little longer on that, is the Constitutional Convention considered putting indirect funding of private schools in the Constitution, and there was a strong majority, and they voted against that. They voted. They, so we'll see they, if uh, they, the, gover- uh, the government. Are you saying that they discussed including that in their Blaine Amendment, that they would have included indirect funding, but they decided not to, so it's explicitly allowed? Is that is that what your argument is here? No. Well, that's not my argument. Yeah, that's my argument. Yes, exactly right. During the Constitutional Convention in Alaska, they discussed adding the phrase, the term indirect funding, prohibiting indirect funding of private and parochial schools. A strong majority voted totally against that. So they wanted to allow it for indirect, but not for direct. So, okay. Well, that's a good uh, that's a good point. That's, there. that's a good point, David. Well, thank you for clarifying that for me. I appreciate you calling in and, uh, and giving me the info on that. Uh, we appreciate you uh, being part of it today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Bye. All right. Uh, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150 if you'd like to uh, uh, sound off. we got just enough time to give you the full story on what what some of these organizations have decided to do. Um, because Laddie Shaw is, the, uh, is one of the guys that helped spearhead this new subcommittee on the Defined Benefits Program, the AFL-CIO came out and put a statement out last week, last Friday, basically said that Laddie Shaw is a coward, that he's a coward. His offense was putting House Bill 22 into a subcommittee for full vetting. Now, for those of you who haven't been keeping up, Laddie Shaw is a retired Navy SEAL two tours in Vietnam, served in the Naval Reserve and the Alaska Army National Guard, was an emergency response specialist for the state troopers. He served as the director of Veterans Affairs from 99 to 2003. He's an advocate for military members and veterans. He's been a state employee. He understands all this stuff. But no, he's a coward because the union bosses are unhappy with the bill that they want to, that, you know, they want, to, they want right now. They included his picture with Kathy Tilton and Craig Johnson as the caucus of cowards turning their backs on public safety. I mean, yeah, I know Laddie will never say anything about this because that's just the kind of guy he is. But this is the same kind of beatdown that he took from, remember when Kathy Giesel was on the Senate and she had such disdain for him? And his service when uh, he was going to fill the seat that was later on filled by Josh Revac. Remember that? Now they're going to go out and call Laddie Shaw, of all guys, a coward. He won't he won't uh, say anything about it or, or kind of stand up for himself. Uh, so I'm going to. No, my friends, the AFL-CIO. Now, notice that they did it as a whole uh, they didn't put anybody's name to it. You know, this is not Vince Beltrami didn't put his name to that because he knows, he knows that they are the cowards for being able to just throw this stuff out there and stick it against the wall. Just because somebody does something that you disagree with does not make them a coward. 
and just and if it's cowardly to just want to know how much something costs, well, I'm sorry. I guess that makes me a coward too because I would really like to know how much some of these things cost before we approve them. Not just in the short term, but in the long term. And not just for the state of Alaska. How much is this going to cost the municipalities as well? Because they're on the hook for a lot of this stuff as well. So I guess if he's a coward, I guess all of us listening to the show this morning are cowards. Because I would say that we probably all want to know how much something costs. Hour two, dead ahead. I mean, if I was a veteran and part of the AFL-CIO, I would, uh, I would be very, I would be, I would be, there'd be some very strongly worded letters going back and forth right now. Oh, Kevin McCabe said that Calvin Schreggy told, very publicly told Laddie, uh, Laddie uh, Shaw that he would uh, sick the firefighters on him. So here it is, sicking the firefighters on him. So there you go. The union. <laughs> Terry says the union is the cowards for not uh, throwing a hissy fit because they're not getting their way. Yeah. Yep. Not a good look for the AFL CIO at all. I hope a lot of them will not pay their dues the next time around. Well, I mean, I think you've got to pay your dues, right? Or you're gonna, or you know, you're you're kind of screwed. But maybe be late with them and include a letter. Man, my mustache is out of control today. Uh, maybe include a uh, a letter with my late payment, saying, you know, calling a veteran a coward, somebody who's gone over there and served and put themselves in harm's way. Not a good look for us. Not a good look for us. Oh, the president of the AFL-CIO is a veteran, so that makes it okay, right? That makes it okay. He's a veteran, so we're just going to call Laddie Shaw because he didn't have the... I know what you're saying, Chris. I'm not I'm not picking on you. But I, I just, you know, if that's the kind of excuse that they're going to use to say, well, we're okay because the president's a veteran, we're fine. Don't worry about it. <sighs> All right. Um, Biden just approved the Willow Project. David, that's so 30 minutes ago. I announced that 30 minutes ago. Um, Joelle Hall, president of the AFL-CIO, is also prime military and her spouse is a retired command sergeant major. How you could live with yourself and do these kind of things, I just don't know. I, I just, I just don't know. So. I I have I have a problem with that. I could never I could never I could never do that kind of I I mean Laddie Shaw is a very humble, very nice, very quiet guy who uh I don't think would probably ever respond he never really responded to Kathy Geisel's attacks on him and everything else and I mean he he came on the program and talked about it a little bit but he was so down tempo about it. He was so mellow about it. Uh, I mean, I just, I would never be, 
I would n- never be able to keep my cool the way that he kept his cool. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, HB91 would say that you can opt out of the union if they do stupid stuff like this, but only state unions, right? This doesn't still doesn't affect uh, regular unions, or is this just state and government unions? Um, Kevin, just just curious, just curious. Um, I'm just going over here. What say? Mark will call in in three days from now to let you know about the Willow Project, says Richard. <laughs> oh, man. Um, thuggery, I tell you. It is thuggery, plain, and simple. And I, I mean, I would not disagree. It's ad hominem attacks. It's ad hominem attacks. So, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes, public employees unions like firefighters, says Kevin. So the firefighters who get sick of this kind of shenanigans from their union could then turn around and say, nope, no more. No more for you. All right. Well, what else we got here? Let me see what uh, what else do we have to talk about? We could talk about Alaska's working age population declining. Um, we could talk a little bit more. Oh, we got to talk about this LGBTQ plus LGBTQIA plus whatever um, bill that's coming out. We just talked about that. We just talked about that. Oh, we haven't talked about Peltola. Um, arsonists, AFL-CIO bosses burn bridges with Vietnam vet and Navy SEAL rep Laddie Shaw by calling him a coward. I, I, I just don't know. No. I, I just, mm, 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 mm. I just think that that is counter, I think counterproductive is a mild way of putting it. Counterproductive, definitely a mild, oh, we still haven't talked about my thing here. Okay, so I kind of, I have an idea now of where I'm going for the next hour. So we'll continue on, uh, we'll continue on with that for uh, uh, in a minute here. Uh, we're 60 seconds out. Holy cow. That was quick. Okay. Did I get to every, I did. I got to every comment. I got to every comment and, uh, we are good to go. Um, what the, the Randy, what the, what Randy? I don't even know what to say to that. All right. I'm not going to get into that. I don't have enough time to get deeply into that. We'll continue. Phone lines still continue to be open. We'll be. I missed yours. I'm sure I probably did. All right. We'll be back. Here we go. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio.
Three. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find links to the audio-only live stream, the podcast, the social media, and everything else. Welcome to the program, and thanks for coming on board and joining us this morning. Uh, of course, we're also broadcasting live around the world at, uh, excuse me, around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or FM translator. Thank you for coming on board and joining us. Hour two of the big radio show today, and today is headlines. Headlines from around the state, around the country. We've talked about the bank failure that started uh, on both the east and the west coast this last Friday. Uh, and the government bailout of that, and what is that signal? We've talked about uh, Biden. Now the president has uh, gone ahead and approved the um, opening up of the Willow Project, uh, but it's kind of a not a poison pill, but it's a two-edged sword because it also uh, they have also now clipped out 13 million acres of land from NPRA that. They are going to restrict development on and then about three million that they completely said it's never going to be developed of all on the Beaufort Sea. And so um, it's kind of, like I said, a two edged sword one way or the other. We've talked a little bit about that. We've talked about the new subcommittee in the House that Laddie Shaw helped put together. And now he's taken some heat on that with the unions, the labor unions calling Laddie Shaw a coward for doing I mean, there's. Lots of things to talk about this morning. And also, of course, we've opened up the phone lines uh, at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. This hour of the program being brought to you by our friends at Satellite West. You can find them from Chignik to uh, to Chattanooga, from Tin City, all the way down to Tetlanica, uh, from Aniak to Anaktuvik to Adak to uh, Anchorage. Uh, wherever you are in the state of Alaska, Satellite West has got you covered with the technology to keep you in contact, whether via phone or text message or emails, or maybe you just want to surf the Internet wherever you are in the state. They've got the tools. They've got the talent to get it done. Uh, just go over there and check it out. SatelliteWest.com. Uh, one line on hold. We've got some other stories to get to, including some lighter side stuff, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, but let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. And we will start off over here. So, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Bonnie in North Pole. Hello, Bonnie in North Pole. What is on your mind? Well, I'm going to say something that's going to be shocking, absolutely shocking. 
Okay, I'm going to be shocked. I'm ready to be shocked. Shock me, Bonnie. Hit me with it. <laughs> okay. You know, the unions used to be a wonderful thing. It was created for something a long time ago. Now it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're so powerful now that they can tell anybody what they can do, how they should vote, uh, when they're going to get their benefits, and then they want more and more money, more and more money. It's uh, Sometimes I find it not a good thing. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people would agree with you. It started off as a good idea with a good premise, but it has slowly and surely grown out of uh, out of control. And uh, and yes, it's become very problematic uh, for many sectors. I would agree with that, especially public sector unions. I think that's a big problem. And the other thing, so the willow thing. Okay, are they going to allow us to drill or not? Yes, you're. They are. They have approved drilling on three separate sites. Uh, okay. I won't hold my breath on that, but I'm I'm hoping it would be a good thing for Alaska, and that's my opinion. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate <laughs> you calling in. Shocked, shocked. I tell you by Bonnie's ideas. All right, let's go over here and take the next call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. It's Carlene and Kodiak. Hello, Carlene. What's on your mind? The wonderful news about the union. One that people will have a choice. Oh yeah, no, you're talking about HB ninety one uh, that McCabe has put forward. Yeah, I think that would be a. I think yes. that would be a good thing. Um, Michael, people pay their dues, but many times the unions are not there to represent them, and they still have to pay those dues. So this is a wonderful, this is incredible. I just, I'm just so elated by it. Thank you. Well, and it's not just the, uh, it's really more, it's really more of a First Amendment issue, Carlene, more than anything else. I mean, because a lot of times you have to pay your dues. This is what it would, the way it was in the past. You had to pay your dues, and then they would take your money and utilize it for lobbying and say things that you didn't agree with. I mean, this is part. This is in part a First Amendment issue um, because uh, you know they were using your money to basically exercise speech that you completely disagreed with. That was the whole point. All right, Carlene. I think Carlene is hung up on us. Thank you, Carlene. I appreciate your call. Uh, oh. oh, you're there. Anyway, any any other thoughts, Carlene, before I let you go? Well, it's just that people get injured on the job and they go to their unions for help and the unions aren't there for them. And so I just feel like uh, it's a big waste of money. You know, All right. A little people's union, the management. Um, All right. For you. Thank you, Carlene. I appreciate you calling in, my dear. Uh, thanks for being part of the show today. 907 433 3150. 907 433 3150. If you'd like to sound off on this or anything else, I mean, do you, do you have a problem with this? I mean, first of all, HB 91 brings us in line with what the Supreme Court uh, has ruled is the law of the land, right? 
That's the first thing. I mean, they that's what they've said. They've brought it in. This is the law of the land. So uh, that, first and foremost, I think legally protects us because otherwise we could be opened up for all kinds of uh, potential litigation and everything else. Secondly, as I just said, it makes it so that your free speech is just that, your free speech. So if the unions are doing something that or or pursuing or exercising First Amendment rights in a way that you don't believe you should be supporting financially, it gives you that opportunity. And by that, I mean by supporting candidates that you are philosophically opposed to or or advocating for policies that you believe are wrong. They shouldn't have to force to take your money and then, you know, to take force you to give them money and then take it and use it for causes that you don't agree with. So that's a, I think that's a good idea. So that compliance is, I mean, it's necessary. It's not just a, it's not just a nice to have. It's a must have because again, we've got to come into compliance with that ruling. And it's been five years. 2018 is when the Janus decision came down. It's been five years. Now is the time to make that happen. If you disagree with me, tell me why. Feel, feel, feel free to call in at 907-433-3150, and we will talk about that. What have we got coming up in this hour? Well, we're going to talk about, um, oh, I'm going to tell you about the Oscars. You know, if you listen on Friday shows, you know I normally don't care, give a rip about the Oscars. But uh, this this Oscar was, uh, this, this was some pretty interesting stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that I watched it. I did what I normally do. I don't watch it, and then I watch the thirty-second recap down the road. That's 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 what I did. As at Willie just shakes his head, Willie Waffle just shakes his head. So anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Mary Peltola, who was voted to allow federal workers to censor Americans on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I guess it was more of a show vote than anything else, but that's uh, part and parcel of it. And we've got this new bill that the Alaskan House is putting forward that would ban discrimination on LGBTQ plus individuals in for discrimination in housing, which I think is a real stretch uh, with what's going on. And we'll talk about a new federal warning that just came out to the state of Alaska. We're the only state in the union that received a warning from the federal government on uh, the food stamp backlog. Uh, There's some interesting stuff in here that we could talk about that as well. So, uh, again, number to call 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at something that the that Governor Dunleavy wrote about the Janus Amendment. The state has thus put itself at risk of unwittingly burning the First Amendment rights of its own employees. Yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much clear. We've got to get we've got to get in line with the Janus decision, and uh, I think it's I think it's an important thing. So, um. All right. Uh, what do I got time for? Should I just do it? I, I've been putting this off because I wanted to kind of savor it. But all right, I'll do it. I'll I'll go forward. The uh, again, I don't. I've never sat down and watched. And if I've watched more than ten minutes of any Oscar presentation, that was probably you know I I'd never do it. because normally uh, you know they're covered with movies that most of us have never heard of. 
or never watched, right? It's like they became obsessed with the hoity-toity niche art films and things like that. That's, only that is high art. A, a mainstream consumer movie could never really make it. I mean, I guess we saw Titanic get in there and a couple of Avatar and a couple of these other movies. But again, for the most part, it's movies we've never heard of. Well, they must be... <sighs> They must be hurting because uh, we saw a bunch of mainstream movies make it into the Oscar nominations this year, including Top Gun, The Whale, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once and everything else. Um, and it was very, very exciting for me uh, to see this just because I it just tickles me to think about this. Um, but the metaphysical multiverse comedy, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Got a chance to wrap its hot dog fingers around Hollywood's top prize. And if you've seen the movie, you understand the you understand the acknowledgement there of the hot dog fingers. Everything Everywhere All at Once won the Best Picture at the 95th Academy Awards. Also won the Best Actress for Michelle Yao, the Best Supporting Actor for Kehune Kwan, and the Best Supporting Actress for Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and though, I mean, this is not your normal Oscar bait, um, this is not your normal Oscar bait movie. This was a direct movie, uh, the anarch uh, anarchic ballet of everything bagels, googly eyed rocks, and one messy tax audit emerged as the improbable heavyweight by winning seven Academy, excuse me, seven, uh, uh, Oscars. Uh, from the uh, from the Academy uh, last night. The one outlier on this was Brandon Frazier. Uh, I think he picked up the, if I'm not mistaken, he picked up the best uh, the best actor award. Um, but what a what an amazing, yeah, performance best actor by a leading role for uh, Brendan Frazier, which again, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy out there. Absolutely amazing um, performance. Uh, and so I'm excited. I'm excited. It's uh, it's kind of a cool thing. Again, I don't always care about the Oscars, but when something like this happens and this kind of come from behind, and if you haven't seen this movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, you owe it to yourself to go watch it. It is so weird. It's so weird and yet so amazing. And so even my cynical 22 year old son sat on the couch with me. I can hardly ever get him to watch it. He watched it and he was like, that was really, what was his comment? He goes, that was really good, weird, but so good. And he was even talking to me about it again the next day. It was just, it's that kind of interesting movie. So congratulations to all them for uh, their wins on that. A great night at the Oscars for that anyway. Which, again, I only watched the 30-second recap, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Didn't waste any time on it. All right, uh, we got to go. Hour 2 continues the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, Free Thinking Radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. 
streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Now I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of excited about that. I think that is so super cool. Um, I I I didn't see all because by, by the time I went to bed last night, they were still I don't know if the they hadn't done the recap or anything. Uh, I'd heard about Brendan Fraser, which uh, uh, was cool, uh, winning the uh, Oscar for Best Actor, um, but I had not heard about the rest of it yet. So I was kind of excited to see that this morning. Um, again, I, it's one of those things where I don't care about the Oscars, but at the same time, I'm happy for all the people who were involved because I know it's a big deal for them. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things where you're not excited about it, but you're excited for the people who participated. I think that was uh, pretty cool. So anyway, um, scrolling backwards here. Oh, imagine if those were state leases. Um, uh, my teacher does not, Denise says, my teacher does not belong to the union and he is in a roundabout way being penalized. Long story, but they can still mess with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, Janice uh, just went out and fed my critter. The moon is spectacular. 15 degrees doesn't feel bad. Um, Brian says she's garbage. I don't know who that means. I don't know. I don't know who you mean. Uh, weirdly enough, the New, the New Jersey and New York don't see the Supreme Court ruling uh, on Bruin as the law of the land. Yeah, I know. Ironic is that, isn't it? I mean, that's ironic. I think Dunleavy screwed up when he split DHS in half. I'm not seeing any benefits from doing that at all. Um, <laughs> Denise says, I didn't even know the Oscars happened. I didn't know any. I don't know anyone watched it. I mean, I didn't watch it. I don't know of anybody. I was actually on a call last night with some friends and uh, somebody said, <clears throat> hey, did you know the Oscars are going on right now? And somebody said, what's the Oscars? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, Mikhail says, uh, everything everywhere all at once was such a good movie. And Michelle Yao took a swing at Don Lemon from CNN when she got the award, which was nice. I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't, I had, haven't actually seen the acceptance speeches, but, uh, yeah, be still <laughs> that, that is, uh, I, it's nice if she did, I'll have to go out and watch the, the acceptance speech today. But, uh, if she took a swing at Don Lemon, then there you go. That's all. That's it. Jamie Lee, be still my heart. Yeah. Um, the Academy Awards are plastic people who think they have influence over the serfs. I mean, again, I don't watch it, uh, but I know that the people who are involved, the actors involved, I mean, that's the pinnacle of their career. I feel good. I mean, I'm happy for them if they, if they hit the pinnacle of their career. Um, Auntie Deb Holland is from New Mexico. I think 126 of the 128 oil leases that have been approved were in New Mexico. Surprise, 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 right? All right. There we go. 
<sighs> Aside from the hosts that would host them would never watch Kimmel ever. Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, no. Was he the host last night? I don't even know who the host was. Um, I think I'd rather see. Okay, I got through that. Um, uh, let's see what else is going on here. I didn't watch the Oscar Sun article on Fox this morning. Uh, Kyle says he hasn't watched a movie in ten plus years. Kyle, you've missed some great movies. If you haven't seen a movie in ten plus years, you've missed some great movies. But again. Uh, congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, J- Jerica says, I haven't watched those silly award shows since middle school. I never watched. I just found them boring. I was like, you know, I'd be like, why would I sit here and watch? I don't even care. Just tell me about it later. Right? Tell me about it later. That'll make my day. Uh, all right. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Here we go. Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Enemy. Public enemy number one, which uh, makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh, Michael Duke show. Pain in the what? I want to know. You're going to finish that sentence one of these days, guy. I want to know what you're talking about. Pain in the what? Pain in the Michael Duke show, apparently. Uh, welcome back to the program. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio, The Michael Duke Show. We've got uh, we've got more coming up. People in the chat room are just are talking about uh, movies and the awards and uh, and all the other stuff that's going on. Uh, <clears throat> you know, a- again, I I wanted to share that story only because I love it when people. I love it to see. It's like when you watch sports, right? Somebody who's at the prime, uh, who's at the, the, you know, kind of the peak of their game, who are the the best that they can be, and they win an award. That's exciting. It's like watching the Olympics. Um, although I don't watch the Olympics either, you know. I, I I don't watch I don't watch any of that. So, but it's that same kind of idea of I may not care about the Oscars or the Olympics. But it is good. I mean, I do get a little, you know, I do get a little uh, um, uh, teary sometimes when I see people who've put their whole life together into one thing and they get a chance to achieve it. I feel good for them because that's uh, that's what it should be all about. I'm happy for them to achieve those things. So it's good, good stuff. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, Deb Holland, uh, not Deb Holland, <laughs> sorry, Deb, somebody in the chat room is just talking about, uh, oh, it was uh, Kevin McCabe mentioned that Deb Holland, who's the Secretary of the Interior, um, is, uh, who is from New Mexico, 126 of the 128 um, uh, oil leases that were approved by the federal government were in New Mexico. I mean, but there's no, you know, hey, there's no, uh, there's no, you know, favoritism or anything. That's so. That's why Deb Holland came to mind. But Nancy Peltola, uh, Mary Peltola, is the uh, is the person that uh, I wanted to talk about next. This is the headline. Now, it's not a misleading headline per se, um, but I mean, I think it it delivers some shock value. Um, and uh, while it's still technically true, I don't know. Again, this is more of kind of one of those, um, uh, you know, this is a, 
kind of one of those uh, uh, taking one for the team or kind of uh, – anyway, here's the headline. Censorship queen. Peltola votes to allow federal workers to censor Americans on Facebook and Twitter. Peltola last week voted against a resolution that would bar federal employees from using their official power or influence to promote censorship or to advocate for a third party such as Twitter or Facebook to censor Americans or suppress their points of view. Federal employees found to violate the prohibition would be subject to civil penalties. Peltola was on the wrong side of the bill, which passed without Democratic support. The Protecting Speech from Government Interference Act was sponsored by James Comer of Kentucky. It was supported by the Republican Party in the House and opposed by Democrats. Peltola and the Democrats also voted on a motion to recommit the bill back to the committee it came from, the House Oversight Committee, but that opposed, that motion was opposed by the majority. Um, the Biden administration um, are quick to label... Uh, inconvenient facts as disinformation, according to Comer, uh, and then pressure social media companies to, to suppress content on their platforms to protect the First Amendment. The Protect Speech from Government Interference Act uh, stops federal employees from pressuring social media companies to silence American expressing views online. The Senate must take up this legislation to get this bill to the finish line. Um, but the, of course, this really is probably not going anywhere because the Senate is controlled by Democrats and then the president must sign the bill in order for it to become law. Now, this all came out of the Twitter files, right? This is the Twitter files where Elon Musk dumped, uh, just put a, a megaton dump of information on the internet showing all the back and forth correspondence between Twitter and various government entities basically showing that they were working hand in glove during the pandemic and in other times uh, killing what the federal government called misinformation, basically forcing or cajoling the social media companies into doing the dirty work that they constitutionally were prohibited from doing. And it's a very troubling sign. I mean, J.D. Tuchelli and I talked about this on Friday, On the if you missed the Friday show, because you thought it was just about guns, we and I got into a whole segment about this specific issue of the government getting in there and pressuring industries into doing extra constitutional things uh, with their regulatory powers. And so, um, yeah, this is uh, this is very troubling to say the least. Very troubling. Uh, so anyway, Peltola voted against the resolution. And so I would assume that that means that she is okay with government employees silencing American citizens um, by uh, allowing the government employees to uh, silence American citizens through their speech. Um, this uh, this bill, again, is probably going to go nowhere. It's passed out of the hat out of the house. But it has not been picked up yet by the democratically controlled Senate. Uh, the act expands on the Hatch Act, the Warren the name for Warren Hatch, the law banning federal employees from engaging in political activities in their official capacity. The bill expressly forbids uh, and prohibits federal employees from trying to censor uh, free speech rather than defending Americans so that they do not have their First Amendment rights interfered with by the government. Peltola instead gave a three-minute floor speech on the need to expand social security. 
because reasons. So Mary Peltola, queen of censorship, uh, working her way into the hearts and minds of Beltway citizens, I guess, on the on the way through there. That's just enough to make it make it so. Um, all right, a bill introduced in Alaska House in the Alaska House. Uh, do we have enough time to talk about this? I think we do. Uh, phone lines are open, by the way, at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. For those of you who are in Fairbanks and are listening to this and are going to be hearing all about this bill, this is going to sound very familiar because this is exactly, almost exactly what went down in Fairbanks back in 2019 when uh, former mayor, now former mayor Jimmy Matherly, vetoed an ordinance that was approved by the city council, uh, because this is almost exactly the same language that we're talking about here. The new legislation um, would ban discrimination against LGBTQ plus individuals, making specific reference to prohibiting that discrimination in housing. It's similar to measures that have gone before each state legislature since 2011. So this has happened already multiple times. And it was introduced several days after the Daily News and ProPublica reported that the state policies ban the state policy state's policy banning discrimination against LGBTQ people in most areas was quietly dropped last year's on advice from the Attorney General. The bill supporters, though, say that they that has nothing to do with it. They've been working on this for months. This had nothing to do with it. Uh, Jenny Armstrong, an Anchorage Democrat who identifies as LGBTQ, said she would work to gain support from a bipartisan group of legislators and business and faith groups to show that discrimination is widespread issue in Alaska. The first thing I will say is that this bill is not a social issue in the same way that a child care is not a mommy issue. Here's where it gets me. There are people emailing me who are telling me they don't feel safe. It's important that all Alaskans feel safe. They don't feel safe in what? In their housing? They don't feel safe in... What does that mean? What exa- Explain that to me. What does that mean? Um, 23 states have laws to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. A 2020 Supreme Court decision held that anti-discrimination protections based on a person's sex also extend to sexual orientation and their gender identity in the workplace. And then the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development has interpreted that decision to extend to federal housing. So you see how this slippery slope thing develops where it's one to the other and then a regulatory agency decides that they're going to interpret it a certain way and then it becomes kind of the rule, the, the, the it becomes law? Uh, the Alaska State Commission for Human Rights, which is the state civil rights agency, extended LGBTQ protections to housing, government practices, finance, and public accommodations in 2021 until the Attorney General advised last August that its investigation should be limited to LGBTQ discrimination complaints in the workplace alone. According to Taylor, the legislature needs to pass a law to make orientation and gender identity a protected class. Now, again, I was saying this is something that's already gone before um, the uh, Fairbanks City Council. Um, and was then vetoed by Mayor Jim Matherly. Several salient points have been made on this issue, 
mostly the fact that federal law already prohibits many of these things that they've been talking about. Why are we making duplicative layers of law on top of this? Um, and also, of course, um, I mean, I've got I got a ton of questions here. I got a ton of questions on how this would be, you know, in, write me a scenario in how this would be used and what this would do in the long run. Write me a scenario on how this would help somebody and how it would also protect, because now we're talking about public housing and or we're talking about housing and accommodation, not just public housing, but private housing and accommodation. Tell me how this would work and be able to protect landlords and other people as well. So tell me, tell me how this would be foreseen to work. I, I inquiring minds want to know. I would really like to know what's going on here. And by the way, what about not passing divis- divisive issues? What about divisive, you know, divisive social issues? Well, Scott Kawasaki said that he would be introducing an anti-LGBTQ discrimination bill soon, but he said that the Senate, the bipartisan Senate Majority Caucus, with its nine Republicans and eight Democrats, formed partly on the basis that it would not spend time debating divisive social issues that don't have a strong chance of passing into law. So maybe, and that's the first time I've heard that description. I thought it was just divisive issues. Now it's, it wouldn't spend time debating divisive issues that do not have a strong chance of passing. So if it's got a strong chance of passing and it's divisive, it doesn't matter. They're going to talk about it anyway. I love how these rules change. I love how they change on the fly. And things are just like, yeah, what? I mean, look at that. That just, that works good for me. All right, we got to go. One final segment. Phone lines are open. Feel free to give us a ring and tell us your thoughts on this. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this. Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're going to be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Back to the chat room. Back to the chat room. Um... Nice. Oh, you had to go watch it. You, you did. Did she? Did she really slap John Don Lemon down? I've got to watch it now. I'll go watch it. I'll go take a look at it. Pain in the beard. Uh, tonight at School of Government, Alaska will be a discussion about what is carbon capture, carbon credits, and how it's a new currency they're trying to force upon us all, how your ESG score will determine if you get financing in the future, if you don't comply. Um, um, I'll watch, Kyle says, I'll watch movies when I'm old. I'll start back in the 90s. Hey, man, there you go. I mean, you, you, you get it, my friend. You do you. You do you. I find that movies are the one thing that seem to relax me and let me kind of put aside all the weariness of the world that drives me crazy sometimes. 
So, but you do you. I mean, maybe it's chopping wood for you or doing whatever it is. It's it's good to watch. Um, Feltola is a complete waste and s- s- will sit in office till she goes up to meet with Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Would this not be overreach, controlling social media of the government? Yes. I mean, that's what they're having hearings on this right now. And the Democrats are criticizing the reporters. This is when they said they were the so-called journalists. I mean, one of this guy has been a writer for – he's been a journalism writer. He's been a journalist for 30 years. He's written mostly for Rolling Stone magazine. He's received numerous awards and everything else. And they were just both shocked when she said, so-called journalists. The camera panned to their faces, and they were like, so-called? I've been doing this for 30 years. Uh, Yeah, the the Democrats just want to ignore this. They want to totally ignore the fact – that the government was coercing social media into doing all that stuff because it is, again, extra constitutional. It is outside the realm. It is illegal. You know? All right. Um, The Farad says, Donna, I don't know what that means, uh, Donna. Maybe I just missed something. I hate it again when I'm out of context. It's 10 minutes later, and I can't remember what I was talking about at the time. But I hate it when I catch something that's totally out of context. Um, Don't feel safe physically or emotionally. Go buy a gun and emotionally grow up. Physically go buy a gun and emotionally grow up. Oh, there we go. The Federal Fair Housing Act already makes such practice illegal. The discrimination is what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's already, you know, there's already laws in place. Why are we creating a multitudinal, I mean, just, I mean, a a complete and total, like a 13 layered cake of laws, all basically doing the same thing. Why? Because they want to be seen doing something. That's what it's all about. Uh, what? I can't even say that, Joel. Um, um, okay. Why does every special letter group get more rights than anybody else? Um, all right. Jenny Armstrong is a New Orleans resident occupying my district. There you go. Um, Uh, okay. How about you live your life in such a manner that no one knows what happens behind your bedroom door? I'm all for that. I mean, you know, do what you want to do. Just don't make me a part of it. Just don't make me a part of it. That's all I want. You do you. I'll do me. How about that? Um... Because it's not about, and the reason why, Timothy says, it's not about equal rights. It's about special rights for specific groups. And I think he's probably hit the nail on the head there. It's not just about equal rights. It's about special rights and forcing you to accept them, whether regardless of, you know, whether you want to or not, you have to accept them. That's what it's about. Um. And again, I have no, if you want to, you do you, I don't care. I'm not, you know, I don't have to, I have to, I have a hard enough time taking care of myself 
and my wife and kids and family and all my responsibilities. I have nothing to say. You know, you do you. Just don't force it down my throat. That's all I'm asking. I'm not trying to force my stuff down your throat. Why are you? Why? That's the question. <sighs> okay. We are coming up on it. Here we go. Uh, time to go and get it done. Uh, final segment. Feel free to call in if you want. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Okay, one final segment. One last minute hoorah. Um, and I think I think I got through everything that I wanted to get through today. Did I get through absolutely everything? I guess so. I guess I've gotten through uh, most everything here. Uh, I don't know where this LGBTQ bill is going to go. Uh, I have a feeling it's not going to go far inside the Alaska State House. It may get somewhere in the Senate, but mm, then again, I, who knows at this point? I don't know. We'll see. The original, oh wait, I didn't tell you, um, 17 members... Andy Josephson has been the lead sponsor for similar uh, legislation each year. Uh, Armstrong said it could be different this year. The measures have never passed. Uh, Armstrong said it could be different this year because of a number of new faces at the Capitol. The freshman class of state legislators is the largest since 2003. 14 Democrats and independents uh, in the 40-seat House signed on to sponsor Armstrong's bill when it was introduced Wednesday, including three members of the Bush caucus who serve in the Republican-led majority. So 14 total people. None of the 21 Republicans sponsored the bill, but Wasilla Republican Jesse Sumner did signal that he could potentially support it. He chairs the House Labor and Commerce Committee, which is the first committee to hear the legislation on Wednesday. He said he wants to hear the bill before making any judgments, but that he would likely support it as a statutory fix for how the Human Rights Commission operates. So Jesse Sumner, for you folks out here in Wasilla, he says he might support it. You may want to call him and talk to him about that. I'm just, I'm just saying. You may want to, you may want to throw that out there. Uh, food stamp backlog still going on. State of Alaska got their hand slapped. By the way, they're the only state to receive a warning from the federal government that uh, said that without prompt action, penalties could follow. They could lose other monies. The SNAP program. Um, is uh, been in disarray. More than 92,000 Alaskans get food stamps to feed their families. So what is that? 
92,000, 12, 13% of Alaskans. And there's been a huge problem and a backlog. Some people have not seen their food stamps for several months. And that triggered this letter from the USDA, which is the U.S. Department of Agriculture, where for some reason is tasked with, I don't know why the Department of Agriculture is taking care of food stamps, but that's the way it's always been. So they said they're fixing it. They're working on it. They're going to get it done, they say. Um, again, my question becomes, when can we, how can we stop this kind of dependency is what we need here in this. In the, I just don't even know. It's another story that we could cover. Oh, but we got a phone lo- uh, We got a phone call. So let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say first. Before we run out of time for today, we'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Hello, Randy. What's on your mind? Oh, I just hope that the LGBT Anti-Discrimination Act uh, directed to the private sector does not pass, the one that you've been talking about. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different categories. And and you mentioned about the Fairbanks one that they tried to pass but got vetoed back in 2019. It covered everything, including the kitchen sink, but it was included race, color, age, religion, sex, marital status, changes in marital status, pregnancy, parenthood, disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, ethnicity, or national origin. In other words, to me, each one of them categories represents a chain around the American people to hamstring our economy. It's basically anti-capitalism, anti-freedom is what it basically is. But I saw an interesting article in the Anchorage Daily News from February 23rd, uh, 2023, um, and it says here, Seattle becomes first U.S. city to ban caste discrimination. It said the Seattle City Council voted Tuesday to ban caste-based discrimination. <clears throat> and just jumping ahead a little bit, this is the movement was won, has won a historic first in the nation ban on caste discrimination, tweeted Hashma Sawant, the socialist council member who introduced the legislation. How we need to build a movement to spread this victory around the country. And there's even one state, by the way, that has a, uh, a category for height, how, how high you are, you know, how tall you are. You, know, you can't discriminate against short people or something. I would hate that because I'm not all that tall. I'm only five foot six, and, and I don't want to be protected by some stupid uh, law like that. You know, I can stand on my own two feet. And, and the fix for all this sort of stuff, this perceived discrimination, is just the free market system. In other words, if some employer doesn't want to hire, let's say, a gay person for some reason. All the fix is, is if the gay person says, well, let me show you what I can do. I'm not going to flaunt all my sexuality in the office or whatever. I'll pay me a little less. And pretty soon, if, the, if, he, if he can hire this person who can produce good work for a little less and put more money in the employer's pocket, he'll do so. And, and that's what the fix is. In, in other words, no one's shut out of a job because of discrimination, in my view. You know, they might get a little less money. A short person like myself, for instance, might, you know, the employer might say, well, I don't know if I want to, you know, use you as a, as a yard worker. I, that's what I work right now as a yard worker. You look a little weaker than some big strapping guy here. Well, I can just say, well, pay me a little less, you know. But I want to get on the job. I prove how good I am. I prove right. I can lift timbers and stuff right. like I do on the job. You right. know? So. All these things just take away human freedom, the freedom to choose what we want. And this is supposed to be the land of the liberty. That's supposedly why all people want to come to the United States. 
but we're gradually losing more and more freedoms, and we're becoming an authoritarian society, and I don't like Well, it. and I think, Randy, when we first discussed this back in the day, when you were calling in about it from Fairbanks, I mean, you even made the point, which I think is a very valid point, that there are already laws in place the federal free housing, uh, the federal fair housing act, and everything else. There are already things in place that prevent a lot of this stuff. Why are we trying to create a whole nother layer of laws doing exactly the same thing? It just didn't seem like that made any sense. Well, regarding the category uh, sexual orientation, I don't believe that there's been any law ever passed by Congress that actually says that. They've tried to for the past 20 years, like ENDA and the Equality Act, but they never quite got it through. The only reason they have it now, sort of, is through misguided, twisted interpretations of the of the uh, Civil Rights Act, which used the word sex. And they misinterpreted that from being man versus woman, which is what it was originally intended. And, and, and that's why they want to pass the uh, uh, Equal Rights Amendment. That's right. why Lisa Murkowski wants to pass it, because that word sex that's in that in that amendment that had nothing to do with sexual orientation when it was first introduced in 1972, it can be misinterpreted a thousand different ways and, and will uh, apply to LGBT stuff. And, and I'm against the whole thing, you know. Well, I want to go back real quick to this whole Seattle and the caste thing. Uh, no caste discrimination. Who's to say what the castes are? And what are the castes that they talk? I mean, what were they talking about? I mean, was it... You know, I mean, a caste could be a variety of things from birthplace to social stature to so many other things. I mean, this, again, goes right back to the divisiveness that we've talked about in the past. I don't know exactly what they mean by that, but uh, I know that every time government get, you know, it's the Mark Twain. The only time I'm nervous is when the legislature is in session. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now uh, in this day and age. It's the only time that I get really nervous is when whatever legislative body we're talking about is in session. Yeah, I think the cast thing was introduced by this guy named Quash, uh, Quashma Sawant. I assume he was from India or someplace and he's trying to import his ideas from over there to here. It's just something that gives lawyers more ammunition. You know, somebody can, if this thing takes hold, like in Seattle, someone can say, well, I'm in the, in the, in the poor caste. I'm in the... Uh, left hand, I'm a left-hander, I'm in that cast, and I'm being discriminated against, and then that gives <laughs> something for predatory lawyers to bite into and, and sue people well, and rob their money. That uh, that could be true right there. That could be the whole point is that this, in the long run, is just an end game to open up the litigation door. Uh, you could be right about that. Randy, thank you for calling in this morning. I appreciate you being part of it. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. 3150. If you'd like to sound off, we've got time for maybe one more call this morning. Uh, there was a story about work age population and how we are declining in the state of Alaska. And in fact, uh, the Alaska work age population peaked about 10 years ago, and that the rate of loss since uh, in the last 10 years has been nearly the highest among all U.S. states. That we're seeing an outflow. Uh, Alaska has had 10 consecutive years of more people leaving the state than moving into it, and that's the longest stretch since the records began right after World War II. We got some problems in this state. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious there. I think a lot of the problem has to do with uh, costs and high, high gains and large government, and I think it's only going to get worse if we don't address it and get into it. But, um, you know, maybe again, maybe that's just me. 
All right, um, folks, we're out of time for today. Tomorrow, Chris Story will be joining us for hour two for our life coaching positivity update. And we're also going to be joined by Brad Keithley, who's going to give us our top three, weekly top three. So that's coming up tomorrow. We've got uh, Mike Shower on Wednesday, maybe Shelly Hughes on uh, Wednesday as well. We'll see. We'll see what we got here. We're going to work our way through it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Have a great day. All right, my friends. We appreciate you guys coming in. Thank you for being part of it today. We uh, loved having you here, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. You're going to be here tomorrow, right? You're going to be back right here tomorrow, right? I hope so. I hope I hope that's your plan. Don't forget to check us out at the Common Sense Core if you want to support the show. Special thanks to all Common Sense Core members for being part of it today. You can check it out at patreon.com slash Show, or just go to michaeldukeshow.com and click on join the core. All right. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you tomorrow.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 